Hello and welcome to Fidelity Next, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. In this second episode of Fidelity Next, host Emily Ananuevo is joined by Como Sharma, Campus Relations Manager, and Laura Mustard, Manager of Fidelity's Business Development Representatives Team, to discuss a very timely topic, virtual networking. Fidelity Next is a regular webcast and podcast series. Please subscribe so you don't miss future podcasts. Check out episode one on the do's and don'ts of social media if you missed it, and head to fidelity.ca for more information on future live webcasts. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Hello, and welcome to Fidelity Next. I'm Emily Enenwovo. As we all know, things have drastically changed since the pandemic began, and the way we network and connect with professionals has taken a major hit. Those days of handshaking and in-person events are gone for now, and we're in a time where virtual networking is the only way students can really connect with potential employers and like-minded professionals. On Fidelity Next, our mission is to provide insights on what a career could look like at our company, give you tools to navigate the job search, and help you build your professional relationships through virtual networking. And in a virtual world, professional relationships are a two-way street, and they need to be meaningful, otherwise they won't progress. To help guide us through this topic are two very special guests, Fidelity's Campus Relations Manager, Komal Sharma, and Laura Mustard, Manager of Business Development Representatives. Komal, Laura, excited to have you both on the show today. Welcome. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Emily. Excited to be here. Happy to have you both here. Now, as I mentioned off the top, we are truly in unprecedented times. Professional work networking faces a whole new set of challenges. Omar, I'd like to start with you. What are some tips you can share on virtual networking, specifically on LinkedIn, which is which is considered to be the main platform of professional networking? Sure. So, Emily, as you mentioned, virtual networking is definitely a very big topic these days. And it can be difficult for students, especially so early in their career, to know exactly what they're looking for. You know, are you connecting with the right people on LinkedIn? Do you have access to information that aligns with your career goals? So a great way to start off is by following hashtags to find interesting people in your domain. This way, LinkedIn will serve up uh, relevant articles and posts that are shared by those thought leaders in that space. And when you do see content that resonates with you, I suggest leaving a comment or a question for the author. And this way, you're not just taking in the information, you're being part of it. And you're connecting with a professional on content that they obviously value and think is very important. So I think that's a great place to start rather than sending a direct message right away on LinkedIn. Excellent points. And I know we'll get into specifics as the show goes on. Laura, I want to turn it to you. I know this is your first time on the show. So can you first explain what your role entails as manager of business development representatives? Because I know you work with a lot of new grads and I would also love to hear your thoughts on specifics you look for when students reach out to you directly on LinkedIn. Yeah, thanks, Emily. I'm really excited to be here, like I said. 
Um, and so my, my role is, like you mentioned, uh, manager of business development representatives. This is a group of highly motivated young people that have um, either recently graduated or have a, a little bit of work experience under their belt. Um, and they join Fidelity for a career in sales. And one of the really cool things about this program and this role is that we give you all of the training that you need to be successful in this role and early on in your career. And then all the way through up through your different promotions and all the way along your career with us. So it's a really cool area to work in. And another of my favorite parts of it is that I get to be involved in recruiting. Um, and so I get to network with a lot of um students and new grads um, and meet a bunch of people. I did it a lot in real life, been doing it a lot virtually since. Um, so I've seen it done really well and I've seen it done not so well. So I'm excited to share with you both and our audience today on what, uh, what I've learned along the way. So to get back to your question, um, <laughs> what I really appreciate when students are reaching out to me on LinkedIn is to show that you've done a little bit of research beforehand. Um, and this is, um, you know, kind of typical. We expect that you've done some research on the firm and on the job that you're applying for. Um, but what I think is often overlooked is the power of um, connecting with other people or using a resource as, a, as the people at the company. So, for example, looking on LinkedIn, finding people that are in the role that you want to have or people who have had other student experience there and asking them questions and meeting with them before getting to a networking session with hiring managers. Um, so you'll be able to ask them what the company's like, what the culture's like, learn a bunch about the company and role. And then when you do end up at a virtual networking session or potentially in an interview, um, you just know so much more about the company, can ask better questions and respond better to questions as well. Absolutely, and great point about doing your research and not being afraid to connect with people in the company, you just get a better sense of what, you know, a potential role or job uh, looks like at the, at, at the company. Mm -hmm. So great point. And so when reaching out and sending direct messages through LinkedIn, I would say obviously finding common ground with that person is something really important. Uh, Koma, I want to turn it to you. What are some ways students can find that common ground and start building that professional connection? Yeah, so when it comes to direct messages, I would suggest keeping it brief but personal. So you don't want it to be too long. And a good way to check yourself with that is to make sure that um, the entire message is readable on your phone screen without scrolling. So definitely don't want a message uh, that's too long and people will stop reading halfway through. Um, but I think it's very important to have a clear objective to your message. So think about three things that you want to convey. Um, you definitely don't want to sound too vague. So I would avoid the typical, you know, I'm seeking career advice or I would love to learn more about your company. These type of messages are usually the ones that slip through the cracks. Um, and the tone of the message is what really matters. So you want your voice to come through and add that personal touch. So please, please don't copy and paste the same message and send it every which way. I can't tell you how many times I received messages where the company name is wrong or my name is wrong. Um, so not only does this leave a bad impression, but it, it definitely doesn't warrant a response. Um, so if you're not going to take the time to write a meaningful message, you probably won't, shouldn't expect uh, to receive a meaningful response. And when it comes to finding a common ground, you know, this can be done in various ways. So if you're part of a student club that the company has recently sponsored or referencing something that the connection has recently shared that interested you, uh, I think the message should really show what you bring to the table. 
And this shows that you're not just messaging this person because of their job title, but you're actually taking the time to be genuine and precise in your message, which, uh, which goes a long way. Perfect. And just reiterating that message, do not copy and paste, you know, messages, yeah. be genuine, be authentic. I've come across the same thing uh, where there's just kind of errors because it's just the standard message to everybody. Uh, we have a few audience questions coming in. Uh, Komal, if one person's asking here, you know, in terms of direct messaging, should we ask for the person's email address, work or personal and communicate uh, via email to set up a coffee chat or just use LinkedIn chat? What would you say? Um, so I think as a representative, some people are a little bit wary giving out their email addresses. I think you probably have to develop a bit more of a relationship before you ask for an email right away. Um, so depending how your message is, you know, hopefully it's clear, concise with a personal tone. Um, when you do receive a response and the conversation seems to be going a bit deeper, that's when I would suggest moving it to email or asking for an email to discuss further. But I wouldn't ask for the email right off the bat in my in my personal opinion. Okay, good point. Good point. How might the pandemic affect Fidelity's student hiring plans? Does Fidelity plan to continue hiring students? Yes, we do. So we are hiring students. Uh, we just completed our winter hiring and we will start our summer hiring in January. So we are definitely hiring students. Our program has just shifted virtually. So we still do um, the same orientations, the same divisional overviews. So students have an idea of what a well-rounded idea, uh, sorry, what a well-rounded career at Fidelity looks like. Um, so we are definitely you know, in full fledged with the student program, um, we guide our students the entire way. We provide intense training for um, business etiquette training, um, communication styles training. So I would say the only difference is now that we've moved to a virtual environment, but um, definitely still hiring students all year round. So, Komal, you mentioned in in your tips there about thinking about three things you like to convey in your message, making it short and concise. Um, Laura, anything you want to add there in terms of um, messaging directly on LinkedIn and reaching out that way? Yeah, I would just add that I think it's a two way street. And when if you're like Komal mentioned, when you send a really vague message to someone, um, you have to think about what's in it for them. So if I if someone gets a message to talk about a job that's um, from someone to talk just about an, a role or about fidelity. Um, you know, there's nothing in it for me at that point. But if you've used the things that McComal and I have mentioned, um, then you're sort of presenting yourself as a really like smart, engaged, really like high potential candidate. So for us, that's definitely worth our time to have a conversation and see if there's a fit for you or someone like you at our organization. Okay, perfect. Now, switching gears a bit, I know at Fidelity, we have virtual sessions for students to network and find out more about our company. Uh, Como, can you just outline what a virtual session typically looks like? Sure. So uh, we are doing virtual sessions at Fidelity, and they've been going really well. So we typically have about 50 to 60 students attend these virtual sessions uh to, so we can facilitate breakout rooms for networking. We typically do an overview of fidelity and uh, some sort of workshop for the students. And we also do panel discussions. So what this is, is that we have representatives from Fidelity share their experiences and expertise. And this is a chance for students to really ask questions. Now, what I see a lot of is students will wait until after the session to reach out and ask questions. But I think what's overlooked is that questions should really be asked within the session itself. You know, our main goal for these sessions are for them to be interactive and they can't be interactive if we're, if we're not getting any questions. 
And I know it can be daunting, uh, you know, to speak up in these virtual sessions, but that's part of the challenge. And that's something that we want to see. You know, we want students to speak up. We want them to, to be attentive and, and take as much information with them as, as they can after the session. And so I think it's a really great way to set yourself apart. And, um, definitely what the point of the virtual session is for is to, is to hear from the students. Uh, during the recruitment process, does GPA play a factor in hiring or is it based more on your resume and social skills and things like that? For campus recruiting, um, I do think we do ask for transcripts. So that is definitely a factor. Um, but we also review resumes and cover letters. And um, in the hiring process for Fidelity, we also send out an interview link. So students are able to submit a video interview where they answer five basic questions before we move to the Zoom interview, which is usually with myself and the hiring manager. Okay, here's a LinkedIn question going back to LinkedIn, a lot of, a lot of um, comments here. Should you send a message directly or include a connection request as well? What is the appropriate follow-up frequency after they accept your LinkedIn connection um, invitation but with no reply? Laura, do you have thoughts on that? I know um, lots of students reach out to you. Yeah, I think I appreciate uh, some persistence um, because there's a lot going on on LinkedIn and we hear from lots of students too. So um, if you don't hear back, um, well, first of all, I like it when I get a request and a message right away, but I probably Ooh. won't respond to that message if it's really generic, if it's just like a thanks for connecting, saw your profile, something like that. Um, I'll, I'll just sort of acknowledge that and, and move on. But then if that student comes back, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, um, or a couple of days later, probably is an okay frequency and has used some of the things that we've talked about, including a short personalized message of some other way that they've engaged with fidelity, whether it's through a webcast or chatted with someone else about an opportunity, then I'm willing to sort of engage in that conversation. So I think, um, I do like that double sort of approach of a connection and a message. And then I appreciate the persistence as well. But um, also, you can't keep messaging always and always and always with no response. So <laughs> yeah. give me a couple, give me a couple of um, messages, and then it's probably not going to move forward. Try someone else. Yeah, there's definitely that fine balance of of um, being persistent, but also giving some space. But um, you know, now that we're all working from home and it's all virtual, really is the only way to connect. Um, Laura, I want to go back to you and just branching off what Como was talking about, the virtual sessions that Fidelity holds. Um, what can students do to prepare for a virtual session and, and really make themselves stand out? Because, you know, these days you're just a sort of a square in a tile within within many people on the computer screen. So how do you make yourself stand out? Totally. Well, there's, I think, two ways to focus on prepping for virtual networking sessions. And they're not too dissimilar to what you would have done to prep for an in-person uh, networking session either, but there's a little bit of nuance to consider. So Komal already mentioned the first thing, which is prepping the content. And the second mm. one is around prepping your physical appearance. So to briefly touch on content, um, I think Prepping your questions in advance and how you want to participate is a great way to do so, like um, Como said. Another thing to, I think it's important to ask genuine questions and think really, you know, critically before you come into the session about what's important to you and what matters to you and what you want to hear versus asking questions for the sake of asking questions and participating, because we can kind of see through that um, some of the time. Um, and a way to do that um, 
better is to respond to something that you've heard in the session already. So like Como mentioned, we usually do kind of an overview or a panel. And if you hear something in those sessions that's really meaningful or you have a, a question about, follow up in the networking session or the breakout rooms to ask more about that. Um, because that just shows you're engaged, listening, thinking on your feet, following along. That's, that's a great way to do that. The yeah. I mean, it, prep, yeah. Sorry. The other part of prepping, I was going to say, um, is around physical appearance and what we would have done before going to virtual or real life networking sessions is, you know, dressing appropriately and professionally. And now there's a little bit more to consider in this virtual environment, because like you said, uh, we're a tile on a screen of other tiles. So how do we stand out? So um, the thing to think about is the whole square that you are sort of projecting to your audience is now part of your appearance and part of the impression that you're leaving on the company and the people that you're meeting with. Um, so there's things to consider, like your camera angle. Is it straight on? Is it at a bad angle? Are you poorly lit and or backlit so that your face is all dark and shadowy? We want to be able to see who we're meeting with clearly and have you look engaged. Um, the other thing to consider is active listening, which wasn't really part of real life networking before. Um, you know, you usually get a little bit of downtime when you're at a real life networking event and you, you know, get a glass of water or you get a glass of wine from the table, whatever you're doing, um, or you're walking around the room, you can kind of relax and refresh. But when you're a tile on a screen, you have to kind of be constantly on and aware that you are still participating in the meeting. So showing that you're actively listening and smiling and nodding and um, having good posture is all part of that. And lastly, around dress, because that's changed a bit too, I think um, it, it's a little bit dependent on the job that you're applying for, but typically um, applying for jobs where you're going to be working from home full time, I don't think a blazer is, or a suit, is a full suit is necessary anymore. As long as you're professionally put together with a blouse or a dress shirt or a sweater, um, that's the most important thing. So no more suits, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, really amazing practical tips there, Laura, and a great point about active listening, because really the only connection you have during the session into these professionals is camera, right? So eye contact, being present in the moment and just listening and, and being there for the content. So a really good point. Um, more questions streaming in, Komal. Uh, some questions about uh, summer 2021 student opportunities. One person asking, where can we go to apply for summer 2021 um, opportunities? And um, does Fidelity target second or third years more for summer positions? So we target all years. And uh, to find our job postings, they will be available in January on all the school portals. Um, so if you are looking for an opportunity at Fidelity, you should definitely check your school portal because that's where we'll have all the, uh, all the jobs posted. To what extent do you hire for investment slash capital markets related opportunities? Winter 2021 of next year, what kind of qualities or experience would be important to have? So, um, we get this question a lot from students, uh, in interviews. They always say, what are we looking for? What can we do to stand out? Um, so... I think that there's a lot of things that are, are teachable, but there's some things that aren't teachable. So I think having a great attitude as a student, showing that you're willing to learn, show up, be proactive, uh, be positive, especially now in a uh, virtual environment, you know, with Zoom, 
I think it's, I think just going on mute and sitting there is definitely not um, the attitude we want. We want people who are um, speaking up, who want to share information, who want to build this online community. And uh, I think that's something that I look for definitely when I, when I recruit students is that positive attitude. Um, and that applies across all uh, the opportunities that we have. Do we recruit and hire for investment or capital market positions? What other career paths do uh, you hire for? We hire for a Fidelity. Yeah, so right now we have a position in our asset management team available for summer 2021. And we also hire for marketing, HR, sales, uh, finance, really all across the board. Um, so I think one of the stigmas that we want to break is people think, okay, if I'm not in finance, there's no opportunities for me at Fidelity, which is completely untrue. You know, we have um, a, a position for DJ, digital media specialist on our social media team. We have um, opportunities all across the board. So um, I think definitely keeping an eye out for those and, and um, exploring all those opportunities. Uh, I think students will find something that they would, that they would think that they're a great fit for. Hey, tons of opportunities there. Um, so going back to virtual sessions that, you know, Fidelity has, um, when a session is done and you still want to continue that professional relationship with the people you've met virtually, what are some of the ways that students can follow up with a representative after the event is over? Omal? Yeah, so um, Laura talked about, you know, doing significant research, which I think is very effective. What we want to see is that students have helped themselves before seeking help. So I remember I heard this in a podcast once and it always resonated with me. Um, it was a celebrity before they were famous. Um, their car had broken down on the side of the road and they were asking people to pull over to help them, you know, push their car and nobody was pulling over to help. And only when they started pushing their own car and attempting to help themselves, did people start mm-hmm. pulling over and helping them. So I think being proactive and helping yourself, uh, when people see that they're more inclined to support you. Um, so do the work before, you know, check your school job boards, connect with campus ambassadors, connect with students who have worked at Fidelity previously, you know, really get a sense of what our culture is like. Uh, I don't think it's enough to just reach out and say, I really enjoyed that session. I'd love to learn more, you know, because I guarantee 20 other students have sent that same message after the session. And it doesn't have all those things that we originally spoke about, you know, the, the clear objective, the personal touch and that commonality that make all that make the message um, very impactful. Laura, what advice would you give to new grads about building relationships and continuing that connection? Yeah, my advice for new grads is to never say no. So when I was, um, you never know where a connection is, is going to lead down a path. You know, three connections later might be where you end up getting a job or something meaningful from it. So, um, as a story, when I was graduating from university, I was also simultaneously reading this book called The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. And it was about how your, um, how important your 20s were as the defining decade in your life. And at that time, mm-hmm. and I think it's just, you know, probably further further um, developed now, but um, everyone was getting, you know, married later, having kids later, starting work later, you know, doing lots of different careers. And that was all happening later and later and later in life. So the 20, your 20s kind of were this time where you could kind of bum around and not do anything significant and have a lot of fun. But what she said was that that's the time actually where you need to do a lot of work and you need to learn a lot about yourself 
um, because that's going to set you up for that success later on in life when all those other things sort of come around. Um, and one of the things she talks about in that time of your life to focus on is the connection and the power um, in weaker ties. So what she means by that is people outside of your immediate network and circle. So, um, you know, if you're hanging out with your friends all the time who have chosen the same university as you, might be in the same program as you, you probably have some like-mindedness across your group, and you might be limiting yourself in terms of what you know and who you know and the opportunities that you put yourself in front of. So by connecting with those weaker ties like your parent's friend or a professor at your university or someone that's not in your regular network, you'll get new opportunities that um, may not have come to you otherwise. Um, so personally, when I was doing that journey of trying to find a job after university, I interviewed with a firm that I was really excited to join um, and a job I was really excited to get, and I didn't get it. But I had left a good enough impression on the person that interviewed me then, and he knew of a colleague at a different firm. I was hiring a sort of similar position, um, and he put me in touch or, or recommended that I reach out to him. So I reached out to that other connection that was very like far removed from anyone that I had talked yeah. to before um, and ended up interviewing and getting the job. And that's how I landed after university. See, I mean, that's a great example. You never know strong connection, a weaker connection, where that opportunity can take you. Right. So great, great example there. We have a few minutes left. We still have a I'd like to squeeze in a few more questions here. Uh Another question about just making meaningful messages, you know, online. So how do we create a meaningful message to someone we don't know? And how do we show that there is something in, in it for them besides wanting to know about their experiences? Again, just going back about uh, reaching out and just trying to create a connection when you really don't know that person. Yeah, so I think this goes back to the research aspect uh, that we spoke about before. Um, and by research, I don't mean just searching up fidelity and reading what, uh, what Google spits out at you. I think it really is, um, you know, so if you want to connect with someone like Laura, maybe look at her recent posts on LinkedIn, look at this, the groups that she's part of, um, anything that you've seen her participate in that really truly resonates with you because you want to make sure that that common ground is natural and authentic. Um, and when it comes to uh, them responding is it comes back to that clear objective. So if you saw a job opportunity at Fidelity that really interested you, make sure that you apply to it and then sending the message saying, I applied to this job posting. I'm really excited about it. Um, is there any interview tips that you could give me or anything that I, any other connections that I should connect that I should reach out to? Um, I don't think it's always about inquiring about a job either. I think it could be about, oh, who else do you recommend I could connect to? So really about building that community. And, um, you know, that shows that you've already checked your job school job board, that you've already uh, looked into what kind of common ground you have with the person. And I think all the message then naturally will be, will have the personal touch, the clear objective, and uh, that common ground that we spoke about earlier. One more question here. Will Fidelity hire even though students may not have finance work experience? Interesting yes, question. Yeah. <laughs> I <know. laughs> yeah. No, it's a great question because, uh, you know, so many employees here have such diverse backgrounds. Right, Como? 
Yes, exactly. And that's why I think the virtual sessions, that's why we do panel discussions because we get uh, representatives from different departments to share their experience. And a lot of their backgrounds sometimes are not always in finance. So I think it really opens uh, students' eyes to say, okay, wow, there is actually a really diverse background here. And, uh, you know, maybe there is uh, an opportunity where I could, I could definitely fit in. And Komal, if I can just go to you for our last word. Um, I know Laura mentioned about um, never saying no to any opportunity and, and keeping in mind weaker ties. Anything you'd like to add in terms of students just enhancing their virtual networking skills? Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with Laura. You know, I think students do feel this pressure to appear perfect. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that's a pressure that they often put on themselves when I think students should really just be demonstrating their willingness to learn. You know, they should be attending virtual sessions and webcasts, and these are being hosted all around us. And um, really learning what they share, you know, that's that's really the best way to um, add value. So referencing what you've learned, sharing it with other people. And um, I think an important thing to remember is networking doesn't ever really stop. You know, so a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to network until I find that opportunity and then and then I never have to network again. But even at Fidelity, when you're hired as a student, we actually set up internal networking sessions with managers in the firm. So students are able to network with them and find out the different opportunities that, that are available and uh, what each department does. So they really get a well-rounded idea of what a career at Fidelity looks like. And what's unique to our student program is we actually encourage high, high potential students to return to Fidelity for additional work terms. So uh, what I've noticed is that those high potential students often are the ones who have taken time to build meaningful relationships within the organization. And that's ultimately what speaks to our culture, you know, those relationships, those bonds. So um, I think if you have that in you, you definitely contribute to the culture that we are proud to have here at Fidelity. Como, Laura, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing such great tips and advice on virtual networking. Really insightful and super helpful stuff there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice.